Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So welcome to season number three. I can't believe it's been that long already. And New Year 2022. A very happy new year to you and yours. I hope you have a great 2022. So one thing I wanted to discuss is New Year's. And of course, already we're making these New Year's resolutions. And I wanted to educate you in this new year and why we even do these New Year's resolution. When did it start? Why do we make such a big deal out of ringing in the new year? I still haven't understood that over 50 years. I can't understand that. But I'm going to get into some of the details as to when it became, and it's not just from the modern age, you would think, because we're, you know, so pretentious, but it is not from the modern age. It is going back some 4,000 years ago, Babylonians rang in the new year with an 11-day festival that happened in March, and ancient Egyptians celebrated the advent of the new calendar, And that was during the Nile River's annual flood. Imagine a flood annually. But again, by 46 BC, Julius Caesar got into the act, and he moved the first day to January 1st in honor of the Roman guard of beginnings, Janus, an idea that took some time to catch on. However, in 1582, Pope Gregory uh, the the 13th brought the January 1st tradition back in vogue with the Gregorian calendar, which we use today. So very interesting to know. Now, the New Year's resolution actually occurred, again, back with the, the Babylonians, who reportedly made promises to the gods and hoped they would earn good favor in the coming year. They often resolved to get out of debt, which we all kind of do today. So what's the secret to actually keeping these New Year's resolutions, right? Why uh, do, you know, do some work and some don't. And a lot of people start, you know, with their resolutions. They want to go to the gym and they want to do all these things. And by February, they're pretty much out already. But it turns out simply wanting to change is not enough, right? They need a little bit more to make it stick. And one way to do this is to share your resolution with other people. And when you make your resolutions a secret, no one is going to check up on you, right? If it's just a secret, no one cares, right? You're only accountable to yourself. And that's according to Joe Ferrari, who's the professor of psychology at DePaul University in Chicago, and he knows a lot more than I do. And he says that a party to publicly share your resolution is an admirable way of bringing in the new year. Now, I'm not going to do that. I don't know if there's a, a drinking game involved with that, but that might that might work uh, with it. But social media, of course, you've seen it. Everybody puts all their thoughts and everything in social media, some good, some, some bad. But that's another way of doing it. Now, once you've involved others in the resolution, what steps can you take to make sure? And, of course, there's some advice from experts as to how you can have your success of your New Year's resolutions. Now, you can limit them. Don't go crazy. I mean, let's be honest. Over, you know, what is that? Over, under promise, over deliver is the, is the way I would say. Uh, make sure that you, you do that because there's a few things to keep in mind, according to Michael Kitchens, assistant professor of psychology at Lebanon Valley College back in Pennsylvania. Now, it's tempting to make a list of to do's which can be, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds, some of us need to lose a little bit more than that um, by March 1st, or you want to save $50 each paycheck, something something very small that you can do that. But please do not do the gym memberships because the gym memberships are kind of what the problems are. You know, you need to go gentle into that good night and not go that route. 
I'm not a fan of making any of them, uh, but people seem to get caught up on these every year. One thing I noticed is everyone is always in a rush to start the new year, a new season, a new everything, a new season of lens burning bush, right? Remember, new is not always better. Don't rush time. We only have a set number of days and make the most of every day and enjoy your life. Make 2022 a great one by slowing down and smelling the roses. And of course, if you're allergic, then you can smell something else. A very happy and a healthy new year to everyone, and good luck with those resolutions. I hope you can actually stick to it even after February February the 1st. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week, and she is the current Corporate Communications Director for Duke Energy, also former Assistant News Director at WLWT in Cincinnati. I've known her for a long time. Let's welcome... Sally Thielen to Lens Burning Bush, and I'm going to put her on the big screen as we as we uh, do the video as well uh, to try to get her on here. And in, uh, let's see if we can we can do that. We've got it on the video on YouTube, and now we've unmuted her. Hopefully, and Sally, welcome and happy New Year to you. Happy New Year! Thanks for having me, Len. Well, I appreciate having you, and I just wanted to get your take before we get into the big story and big breaking news on this New Year's. We're gonna we're gonna go to what I started with the rant was, and that's the New Year's resolutions and why people even think about it, and why we even make New Year's such a big deal. Why? Explain to me. Educate you know, me. I I have to say I'm <clears throat> excuse me a little under the weather this week, but I I'm not huge on resolutions. Um, if I were to say I kind of had a goal, if you will, uh, let's say goal, um, might be to drop another maybe 10 pounds or so by, by late spring. I liked your goal of March 1st. That makes it feel a little bit more doable and more realistic, but, uh, I don't know a lot of hype. I think, uh, there's a lot of letdowns if you don't meet, you know, something that you're putting out there and I'm a little bit more low key about my goals. Let's just say that. Yeah. I never really want to make goals, although, you know, it's funny. As I say this, you know, and I, I'm busting everybody about the New Year's resolutions, I started to think like, you know, because I went to the doctor at the end, you know, you always take that six month physical. And as you get older, unfortunately, you start talking about ailments. That's uh, pretty much what we do, right? We In our 20s, we never talked about that kind of stuff. But in our, you know, you know what, I'm not going to mention. But w- what I was doing was trying to figure out we have a we have one of these bikes. Now, I don't know if you um, have a Peloton or you have any of those. I, we don't have a Peloton. We have a Peloton like uh, bike that we got uh, I think during the pandemic we got it and it's basically a clothes hanger um, so we're we're trying to figure out how we can use this bike and I, I really do have to lose some weight so we're trying to do a little bit better job and I I signed up for Apple's kind of fitness app we'll see how this goes right but I'm not doing a, I'm not doing a goal where hey I've got to lose you know I really should lose about 30 pounds right would be a number that would be good but I don't want to go too crazy I'd be happy with five right because that's kind of the way, yeah, it's a start, but I'm just not big on making these. And everybody says, oh, they got to make goals and all this stuff for the new year. What happened last year? Like, I, I just, I feel like if you just kind of stay focused on whatever you're doing, it'll all come together, right? I, I agree 100%. I actually uh, started a diet last May, and I, I would say I was pretty good with it for a number of months, probably into the fall. And then I got to about the end of October and was like, all right time to get into the holiday season, but I I dropped a little over 20 pounds and was feeling very um, pleased with my efforts and exercise and eating better. And I think certainly my goal is to get back on track, you know, now that we're putting the holiday season behind us, but, you know, I didn't go crazy. I didn't 
blow a bunch, you know, of, of bad habits over, over the holidays. And, you know, frankly, I think with COVID, it slows everybody down, right? In terms of not maybe going to as many gatherings as you would have, or maybe as big. And so I, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to 2022 and putting 2021 behind us. Yes, exactly. And already now the other thing, uh, before we get into the big story, one other last thing I wanted to do on the new year's, and I've talked about this on uh, previous episodes about new year's. And one of the things that kind of you have to figure out is like today, you can say Happy New Year, right? Whether it's the second or third or fourth, you could still say Happy New Year. But when is the deadline for that? If I like, if you and I don't talk, if we didn't talk and do this episode, and I talk to you on February 2nd, it's too late to say Happy New Year at that point, isn't it? When is I it would, too late? What is, the, what is the cutoff for you? I'm going to go January 10th. I think you're right. I think, I, you know, even in business, like, it, it, you know, I guess <laughs> if I have a conversation with a client on the 17th, I mean, technically you could say happy new year, but the 10th is a good, a good idea there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with what you said. Cause I, then I think you modify right. it to, Hey, how's your new year's going? <laughs> yeah. You, you could change it a little bit. Well, um, 2021 was, you know, it was what it was. Uh, we, we, we thought we were going to have a big 100th, uh, to start the, 2022 and we lost a treasure uh and i feel like uh you know i've done this on previous episodes we were promoting her 100th birthday and i wasn't the one who killed betty white but apparently people magazine had a cover that says betty white turns 100 and unfortunately she didn't make it she died on new year's eve on friday and uh 99 years young she would have loved it to just give the FU to everybody, you know. But she wanted to uh this hundredth birthday party was a big deal. And apparently they're still having uh the television show, but we lost Betty White. Um just a just a tremendous I I don't know about you, but I was watching a lot of the clips uh of stuff she did and Golden Girls and, and every other she is just she was just brilliant in everything she did. My mom loved Golden Girls for sure. I would say you know, one of my, I guess, more recent films she was in was The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds. Yes. And she just had so many one-liners and she was a hoot in that. And obviously, I'm sure you watch as, as I do with, you know, pop culture that that he, he completely adored Betty White. There was a, a comedian who tweeted uh, on it that, that basically said that Betty was one of the few people I think that we actually told we loved her before she died as opposed to after right very true yeah i mean there was a lot of nice tweets i mean she was you know it's interesting her her true love i mean she never married again after alan ludden and that was husband number three alan ludden was the host of password i don't know if you remember that going back because uh you're not as old as i am but you're, you're the game show guy yeah, right absolutely he was the host of password and then super password and Betty was, of course, on all of those shows. She was on Match Game. She did all of the uh, the shows. She actually, there is an episode where everybody should go watch now that, unfortunately, she's passed away. But she was on The Odd Couple with her husband, Alan Ludden. And that was the Password episode with Felix and Oscar, where he says, Aristophanes. Um, it's a great episode. Go back and watch The Odd Couple, Password. But Alan Ludden and Betty White make an appearance as themselves. And it was, uh, it was, it's a tremendous, uh, episode, but, uh, yeah, she, she was married and, and Alan unfortunately died. Um, he died, I think in what 82 or something like that. He was only, you know, he was a young guy had cancer 
and uh, he died, but she never remarried. It's amazing. That was so long ago. And, and, and something I read about her uh, recently in the last day or so was that uh, she was living in a house in Brentwood, but she wanted to, she really didn't, she died in a house she didn't feel like she wanted to live in. She wanted to be in the house that her and Alan built in uh, Carmel. Um, yeah. So I read that. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. But she she would have turned 100 on January 17th. And, you know, talking about that, getting that close to 100. I know George Burns, I think, made it to 100, right? Bob Hope. Uh, I think they were right, right, right at there. The, right at the cusp. And I don't think he made it past there much, much after that. But it's just a, it's a tough thing. I don't know if I, you know, we probably had this conversation before. It feels like, you know, deja vu. But <laughs> I just don't know if I'd want to even go that far. You know, if I'm good, if you're, if you're not feeding me applesauce, I think maybe I would want to go that far to 100. If it's independent living for the most part, and I have my faculties about me and, and general physical ability to do day-to-day activities and take care of myself, I'd probably be game, but if it's much less quality of life beyond that, I, I don't think I'd sign up for that. <laughs> no, I, t- I totally agree with you. And I think that, uh, again, it's a shame, you know, they had the hundredth birthday party set up. Ryan Reynolds tweeted, the world looks different now. She was a gr- she was great of defying expectation. She managed to grow very old and somehow not old enough. We will miss you, Betty. Now, you know, the secret. Because uh, Ryan, they, there was a whole to do of of the relationship with Ryan Reynolds, and he was playing it up. And after the proposal, I, I don't know if you saw the other uh, the the takes or something they did, but Sandra Bullock uh, saying the f word many times, and having uh, there's a there's a video of Betty uh, where he you know he basically says that Betty you know f Betty White or something, and she's like you you're not going to bring me coffee. You're not going to bring me coffee. I mean, like the assistant, right? You aren't you my, you were a very bad assistant. <laughs> yes. Betty, I've been in this, I've been in the star with you. Uh, I'm not your assistant. I play it. So it, it was so well done. And then Sandra Bullock, who, you know, this is my movie. No one knows who Ryan Reynolds is, but they know Betty White. You see the, the poster, the posters yes. of me, the posters, of the posters, not of you. We don't know who Ryan Reynolds is. Uh, that that's just brilliant. But the show will go on uh, for her hundredth birthday on January seventeenth. The flick was scheduled to play in movie theaters for just that one night. It will still proceed as plans, as producers told the New York Post. And it's a real good theaters to be packed in capacity. But People Magazine, uh, there is going to be another. I think they they're redoing the cover on this. But I have the uh, the one that turns hundred. I don't know if this is going to be worth anything, but I might uh, keep it. Um, you never know. Exactly. Uh, the fact that she would have turned 100. But but People Magazine, should should they've got blood on their hands. They they killed Betty White. Um, wow. and, I, and that's, you know, I always thought, the, 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 this is crazy, but I thought there would be two certainties in life. That if the world were going to end tomorrow, there would be Keith Richards and Betty White. But I only got one of the two left. Yeah, God only knows how long that one, the next one will last, well, right? Keith Richards has done enough drugs. I mean, maybe that's what's kept him alive. I, I just, you know, I, I think he's been dead for 20 years and nobody's told him. It's kind of like Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. <laughs> just pop. I think we should, we should, somebody pointed up uh, that we should have a holiday uh, on January 17th every year, Betty White Day or something like that. We should really. Oh, nice. That would be, like that'd be it. good. Or we could, you know, the fact that she died on New Year's Eve, you know, we should, we should raise a glass. That would be a better New Year's celebration than the current setup we've got now with the, with the stupid New Year's Rock and Eve, uh, with the ball dropping with, I, you know, Ryan, did you watch any of it? 
Uh, I watched a little bit of it. It's it's um, my I have a, a daughter that I had on New Year's. So yes. we kind of always have a New Year's Eve party for her birthday. So um, didn't have a big gathering this year, but we were flipping around on, on the TV and kind of catching bits and pieces of of some of the coverage. Yeah, Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds, listen to me. I'm, I've got Ryan Reynolds on my mind. Uh, but Ryan Seacrest has taken over for this, and I, it's getting very tired. I think they should go back and just take Dick Clark and just replay 1970s. And then, I mean, you can theoretically do it. It would make it easier, and it would be a lot better. I mean, they try to do so much, and with the Times Square and the ball dropping, I think it, it's it's gotten to the point where it's getting very tired. But but now that Betty White, maybe we have something new to celebrate on New Year's Eve, the passing of Betty White. Maybe week. they could put her image on the ball dropping. Well, that's not a bad idea either. Look at this. We're, 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 we're thinking on this, and we're thinking a little bit. Now, one thing that uh, happened in the last week or so was that Wheel of Fortune – uh, you know, basically ruined somebody's hopes of winning a car. Uh, well, it wasn't their fault. I mean, they have rules. The, the woman, you know, Charlene Rubbish, she made it to the final round, and she wanted to read the, the – she didn't read the correct answer in full. She, she got the last part of the answer at the end, and the buzzer went off, but she never said the full uh, phrase. And I guess that got everybody in social media up in arms, and then Audi said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to give, we're going to give away the car anyway. So, uh, again, mediocrity in, in life, but no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just hey, that's the power of social media nowadays. Unfortunately, um, things can go quickly and spread like wildfire. And Audi was smart. Somebody in their marketing department took the bait and said, Hey, let's make good on this. And, yeah. and they came out on top. Now, Wheel of Fortune does allow for a pause, but a little pause, not four to five seconds, and I think that's what got her. Um, and, you know, so Pat Sajek, I mean, it's not their fault, Wheel of Fortune, but I always thought that Wheel of Fortune has been very cheap over the years. And the reason I say it, back when the original show aired, I don't know if you remember, but they, they always had you, you had to buy stuff in the original one with Chuck Woolery, and then it, it later became, see, my game show knowledge is, Really bad. The original buy a vowel or yeah, you, well, you had to buy a vowel. But Chuck Woolery was the original host with Susan Stafford on the daytime version, and then later Pat Sajak and Vanna White. So that's so it's been Pat Sajak and Vanna White for many years, forty years. But the uh, big thing was it originated where you would get your prize money, uh, you would go buy stuff, and then the rest of it you'd you'd you know for for like a hundred dollars, I'd like the yellow comb. I mean, they, they would go, uh, and then the rest I'll put on a Gucci gift certificate. I, again, I, I'm going back way the, well, but anyway, they have not really upped the ante. Every year they give you $1,000 more on the wheel. Um, they do the $39,000 for the year, and it'll be forty next year. But my point is, I used to watch game shows growing up, and there was Match Game and some others that were doing $25,000 in the 80s. And, price and here, is right. yeah, price is right. Exactly. And, and I know that they, and, and, and they make it so much easier now where they give you the, um, the, the most of the letters and then you come up with others and, and then you got these idiots trying to figure out what it, what the puzzle is, but it's just kind of interesting that all this time and they're giving away 39,000. Now Jeopardy has a set, you know, where you could win as much as you win. Right. 
and it's all cash and there's no prizes and you just kind of do it. And you've, we've got uh, a current champion who's lasting forever here uh, and making a, a bunch of money. But in Wheel of Fortune, you're only allowed one time and these people walk away. Now, again, no slouch. I would take it. I'm sure you would too. $60,000 or, or something like that. But I mean, come on, Wheel of Fortune. I mean, the, the, the I don't know, ha, do you watch it at all? Sally or uh, I sometimes do. I would say I'm more of a Jeopardy person, honestly, yeah. but um I do. I, I had read this week that um Pat Sajak was celebrating his fortieth year with the show and it wasn't it wasn't recognized, you know, widely enough, I think, by a lot of guess what? Social media was picking on the show saying, Why didn't you do a bigger deal for him? So um you never know. Maybe he'll get a big celebration after all. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, it's kind of, but, but again, getting back to the show, I think they need to do a better job. The one thing that burns my bush on Wheel of Fortune is the million dollar wedge. And the, the way it works is you, you get the million dollar wedge. If you land on bankrupt, it goes away, but you have to get to the final round with that million dollar wedge. And also once you're in the final round, you still have to spin the stupid wheel to find out if you hit that million. And then if you guess the puzzle, then you have to see if you got the million. My thing is, is if you make it to the end with that million dollar wedge, don't spin the wheel, give them the million dollars, or at least give them a guarantee of a hundred thousand. I that, like that. Or 150, something like that, because it's so hard to keep that million dollars because there's so many bankrupts on the wheel. There's so many things that could happen. There's those quick puzzles and uh, again, too many, too many things. Uh, they you just might need to reach out to their executive producer, Len. I think so. He, well, he, the, the one guy got fired, uh, the one that was on Jeopardy. He's a, there's a new guy now, but, but yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, I know. I think I need to, cause there's so many changes that I would make for the sake of, you know, cause they've got so much money. Come on. They, they, there is no reason why they can't give away or at least let the person win more than just the one day. Maybe you could bring them back. Uh, yeah, I that's mean, an idea. They give, they, they give uh, hope to all these people. I like the people that don't get anything, and then they wind up with $1,000. It's pretty much the Absolutely. sorry prize from Pat. <laughs> yep. Well, anyway, Wheel of Fortune, uh, you know, maybe they'll step up their game a little bit, but uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think they're going to keep doing what they do because it works, right? It works for them, and everybody seems to like it. Now, I'm going to get into something where I think you like. Uh, I am going to talk about coffee. Now, Sally, are you a coffee person in the morning? I'm totally a coffee person. I would say I no day goes by that I don't drink coffee unless I'm not feeling well. And I will tell you, after the, the past week, I've had coffee once. But I miss my coffee, but I've been drinking a lot of tea just to kind of help my, my voice. <laughs> well, I don't blame you because uh, tea is one of those things with a little bit of honey, maybe a little bourbon, um, something to get you back to because we, we we find comfort in in things like chicken soup is another one that we find tea is another one and the other thing is ginger ale for your stomach you do not order ginger ale at a place you don't ever go you don't go to the play the restaurant and say i'd like a ginger ale please usually if it's if you're on an airplane it's the only other time that you order ginger ale and I always wondered why, and then I realized it's just because it's just kind of nice. Your feel, your stomach, you know, feels good if you're flying. Uh, but yeah, you will you will see that most people order a ginger ale on the plane. But you know, I don't see people. You know, I don't see ginger ale ever selling out in the in the in the Kroger. Kind of like Fresca. Yes, Fresca was a very pleasant uh, 
taste. It's kind of bubbly and yes. We were reintroduced to Fresca this past summer. I'll tell you at the beach, Fresca and tequila. Oh, it's different. It's refreshing. <laughs> What's that song? When I sip tequila. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and then there's another one where tequila makes my clothes come off, which nobody wants to see that. Uh, and yeah. there's a couple of drinks that nothing good comes from uh, usually. And tequila is one uh, alcohol, and the other one is Fireball. That's kind of like the new tequila. Fireball. There's like bad things happen when you take you shots. Buy buckets of, of yes. Fireball shots now. Yeah, that's those little that, mini bottles. Let me tell you, not good. That, you know, like I, I have, I have college age kids. Let's just say, and and I've seen a lot of Fireball in in my days with these uh, younger kids. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those things where everyone makes the same face when they um, drink tequila or if they drink fireball or even gold slogger, it's got the same face. It's like, Ugh. but after you take the shot, right? It's, it's that same face. Um, when you do, when you make the shot of tequila, I don't know why people go back to it. It's like, uh, you know, there'll be people uh, all, you know, on new year's day recovering from all the shots that we had on new year's Eve, but it's just, um, why do you do that to yourself? Why? I'll Why? tell you, yesterday, New Year's Day was a first for me. I didn't have a Bloody Mary. Wow. That means I had a really dull New Year's Eve. <laughs> you did? Well, yes, you did. You had a very rough New Year's Eve, uh, and, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. But getting back to my yeah. coffee, um, I wanted to bring this up because I know you like coffee. Uh, you have a special coffee, I think, that you, you wind up getting. Isn't I it? do. Yeah. It's roasted southern pecan. You've got to try it sometime. But I'll tell you, it's not easy to find. I got... Um, turned on to this this flavor of coffee from someone I work with. You know, one afternoon I went in their office and I was like, what in the world am I smelling? And she's like, it's my coffee. And I said, what do you have? And she said, roasted Southern pecan. I'm like, I got to try it. So she gave me a pot. I brought it home, tried it, instantly loved it. Pecans for me bring back a memory of, of childhood. My mother loved making pecan pies. We'd get pecans from Georgia you know, every year brought up that were fresh and shelled and they were amazing that we, you know, bake with over the holidays. So when I smell pecans, I instantly think of my mother who's not with us anymore. But um, I went and I said, where do you get this? She's like, oh, just Kroger. So I, I start buying it. I'm down with it, loving it for about six months. And I start seeing it disappearing from the shelves. So Kroger doesn't stock it anymore, uh -huh. which is where I, where I do my grocery shopping. And I've had to resort to buying it on Amazon now, which you can get into the you know fight or flight mode. If, oh, no, I look in my box and I only have three or four left, that means panic sets in. So um, you should try it, though. It's I, very good. I, I am going to try it. It sounds wonderful. I'm a butter pecan, and I like uh, all kinds of pecan stuff. And now I have a question. In the movie Harry Met Sally, he says pecan pie. I'm listening to you. You're saying pecan. I say pecan. Pe yeah. <laughs> Butter pecan, butter pecan. I mean, butter pecan to you me. say potato, <laughs> I say potato. I'm from Jersey. You know, that's uh, exactly. <laughs> that, that, it's the kind of say it that way. Yeah, it, exactly. But so coffee is one of those things where I, I mean, I wound up making one of the purchases uh, kind of, I like coffee as well in the morning. And we had the original, we, we, we used to make the pot of coffee, right? The member, the Mr. Coffee. Um, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was a scene in um, the new Sex in the City uh, where she has to go back to her apartment. I don't want to, you know, ruin anything for anybody, but they've got. Uh, she had a Mister Coffee thing in there, and she tried to work it, and it was a total disaster. So you have to go buy coffee at that point. But 
the uh, Mr. Coffee, then people, you know, we, we, we got to the Keurig, um, and then Keurig had a combination where you could do the pods and the full pot. You can do those, um, you know, and then I decided I was in one of my favorite stores, Williams Sonoma, and uh, they sell you in that store, man. They, they, they make stuff for you. They make you a cup of coffee and, you know, how did you make this? And you, you know, they make it in this Nespresso coffee maker and, uh, you know, George Clooney sold me on it. Right. You know, so Sophia, Lagarde, gotta like George yeah. Clooney and who doesn't love an espresso? I mean, it's fantastic. But the problem I have is that these coffees are so expensive. Like we wound up, uh, I think we get an order uh, delivered from Nespresso, although they said they delivered one on New Year's Eve and it never came. So we'll see how, how that goes. But yeah, you, you, you do what you do with, with uh, what coffee you like and you, you get it delivered, but you have to order it through Nespresso um, because it's, it's like over like a buck something a coffee now where, you know, the whole idea was you we were going to save money by drinking at home. And eventually it's going to be almost as much as going to Starbucks, but at least you're at home doing it. You can make amazing drinks, though. I mean, we've got a Keurig, obviously, and we have the Nespresso. And my my 22-year-old daughter, I kid you not, could be a barista. She makes drinks coming out of the Nespresso that are amazing. And we actually found you can buy this was recent as well. So I, I knocked on Kroger for not carrying my Southern pecan anymore, but they're now carrying pods that work in the Nespresso machine that are made by Starbucks. So um, kind oh. of, kind of a win-win, but we, we love the Nespresso machine and we've got the frother and you can yeah. make cold coffees, hot coffees and frothy milk and foam. It's pretty impressive yeah and i never thought i'd use the frother but I, I didn't even know what that was uh <laughs> i was not a barista uh you know <laughs> so it's kind of interesting now the reason i bring up coffee today is because apparently uh there's a study that suggests that it has significant long-term health benefits a 2018 study of 500,000 british adults they had to go to they had to go to britain for this but uh over a decade showed that coffee drinkers were 10 percent to 15 percent less likely to die from any cause than non-drinkers so this is good but they say everything in moderation don't drink seven cups of coffee a day two three you know that's enough i'm a one cup to two cup yeah well i i wonder too is like people drink like the taste of coffee so much that they drink decaf it's kind of like non-alcoholic beer i i just don't understand the decaf it's kind of that way when you drink a non-alcoholic beer now if you're obviously an alcoholic you have to drink non-alcoholic beer but coffee is one of those flavors now tastes and even smells so there's nothing better than like bacon smell and there's oh. nothing better than coffee brewing those are two of the most awesome smells in the world bacon I, I will- yeah. We keep decaf here, but not for anybody that just routinely would drink a decaf coffee in the morning. Um, my husband is a little bit affected by caffeine after a certain hour, let's just say. Yeah. So I'm somebody that loves a good Irish coffee or a nice coffee drink in the winter if it's, you know, super cold out and just have a nice, you know, drink at night. Um, I give him a decaf pod and I make mine with regular. I could do I could drink a shot of espresso at 11 and be asleep by midnight. Oh. I, it, ca- caffeine does not affect me when it comes to sleep. Well, good. And your husband, you know, will, will like this because a smaller study from Stanford university suggests that people who drink caffeinated coffee, but not decaf, um, 
live longer. Uh, yes, it says so. She'll, he'll have you around for a long time. Uh, oh, perhaps okay. the caffeine counteracts naturally. For him, yeah, <laughs> naturally occurring inflammation. Apparently, uh, so that's uh, that's the coffee uh, story. Uh, but we like coffee. So I was getting back to that bacon and the coffee smell. So bacon lives up to its fame. The smell and the taste are exactly the same. Bacon but, makes everything better. But coffee is one of those things where it's an acquired taste. Not everybody likes coffee. And the smell is so wonderful that it, it can't live up to the, to the hype. And it really doesn't unless, you know, it depends on what you've got in it. Like maybe your, you know, pecan or pecan or whatever we want to call it. Uh, maybe that is what lives up to the, the smell. But I had coconut coffee the other day in uh, the Nespresso, which was quite good. I like coconut. coconut. Yes. Very that's tasty. New- but that smells good. You know, again, the two best smells – Bacon and coffee, um, you know, as you make everything smell like that, and we'd be, be all good. Now, you were a former news person um, with WLWT. You worked as an assistant news director. Now you're handling corporate communications for Duke Energy, and that's got to be harder than your news director job, I would imagine. It's different. I, I mean, I, I I like to say I grew up at Channel 5 and, and loved my job there and have a lot of great um, friends and acquaintances there. I actually um, went out to dinner last night late, kind of a spur of the moment decision to go out at about eight o'clock and ran into um, a reporter at Channel 5 that was leaving to head out to Seattle. So um, ran into him and one of the photographers and, and his girlfriend. And, you know, it's always so good to run into, uh, you know, former people that I know. And certainly I, I admired um, Dan, who's, who's heading out West, but, um, you know, TV was an interesting job and I liked it for the variety. It was different every day. So when I I went to Duke, it will be, um, 13 years, uh, this coming April. And so I I left and I feel like I just left news, but I was kind of worried, is it going to be boring? Am I going to not, you know, like having a variety, you know, of things to be doing. And I have to tell you, it's been, a really exciting job. It's certainly a challenging industry to um, get to understand the technology aspects. There's, it's very complicated and complex, as you would imagine. It's um, a whole different world than the news business. But uh, I still get my breaking news rush. I get to um, go, you know, cover storms for the company. I've been to Florida and the Carolinas for uh, hurricanes, for ice storms, snow you name it. And, and certainly I get to feel like I'm a little bit back in the news grind when we have things like that, that occur. And it's, it gives me my little boost. I think that you can, you can take the girl out of the newsroom, but you can never take the newsroom out of the girl. It's something we say around here a lot. So, um, you know, I, I fondly reflect on all of my experience at, at channel five and certainly um, miss a lot of my colleagues, but at least in my role at Duke, I do get to see them a lot um, when they interview me for things happening at Duke. So it's kind of a win-win. It is a win-win. And it is because of you that we have the news team of Mike Dardis and Cherie Polello. Not Mike, but definitely Cherie. You were the reason Cherie came back to Cincinnati, right? I did. I, I definitely lured her. Um, she was in North Carolina. She had been in um, Dayton and went to uh, Charlotte. And I, I said, you, you've got to come back here. And we really kind of talked for a while before we even had an opportunity to bring her into interview. And I feel like we just kind of clicked from the beginning when 
you know, we we met and, and started talking and, and pursuing her. And I couldn't have been happier when she came. And she is the, the type of employee that is a joy to have work for you. You know, she works hard. She's dependable. You could call her anytime for any kind of news. And, and she was there and she was ready. And I gravitated towards folks that, that had a strong work ethic, like I believe I had. And, and she's just a superstar. So I've loved watching her uh, thrive and certainly seeing her find love again. And with, with Mike, it's just been really special. I, I couldn't be more happier for her. And she is so happy. It's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And the fact that they even wanted to come on this show makes it even more beautiful for me. Uh, they both came on twice. And uh, just on re- <laughs> so thanks to Ashuri and uh, Mike, you can go back and listen to those episodes as well on Lens Burning Bush. Can you believe, Sally, this is 91 episodes of Lens Burning Bush? Who would have thought it? That's amazing. And you started right as the pandemic was yes. starting, right? I bought my first microphone uh, in April of 2020. It was kind of a story. Uh, I ordered the, the uh, microphone kit from a website um, who uh, I'm not sponsored by, by them, uh, but Sweetwater that was originally, uh, there's a company in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They do a lot of audio uh, and they're more for guitar and bands, but they've, I ordered a podcasting kit cause I always wanted to do this and it, it was delayed. It wasn't their fault. It was just coming from over overseas. And at that time you couldn't get anything overseas. It was really tough. So I ordered this kit and I was waiting for it. And I was like, you know, let me go ahead and try to get a microphone. So I went to Best Buy, and I got a USB microphone. I plugged it into the computer. I set it up, and I did 12-minute rant on Easter. It was on Easter of 2020, and I called it Eastover. It was the combining of Passover and Easter, and just how uh, I did a 12-minute and, and that whole thing, and it was, it, you know, the show was born, and I've been trying to keep up with it every week, and I bring on great guests like yourself to uh, come on and, and talk about things that irritate me. It doesn't get any better than that. You say Easter of 2020 and you reflect on starting a podcast. You know what I remember of Easter of 2020? We had a crazy storm and I had to go work. And it was at the beginning of the pandemic when we were wearing masks and I'm out in the you know field trying to do media interviews, socially distanced. And that was at such the beginning you know point of it that it was it was one of those things where everybody was fumbling around trying to figure out how to do it and how to do it looking responsible yet being able to talk through a mask. It was, it was a, a learning thing for sure. Absolutely. And, and it really, uh, this podcast has helped me get through all of this because I think about nothing other than the next episode or, you know, work or it, it has got me to clear my head. And, and I, you know, I talked about the doctor going to the doctor. They ask in the doctor's office. Now they ask you if you are depressed Um, and I'm like, absolutely not. I said, the podcast is what, you know, I, it saved me going to therapy. (laughs) It has been so good for me. That's true. And I, and, and what's even better is, I don't know, you know, again, I bring on a lot of friends. I, I do have that's I'm blessed, uh, to have a lot of friends in the business and friends that are not in the business that I brought on. But what is great about it is the getting back together with people that I haven't been close with, do the episode with them. And all of a sudden now I'm back in touch with them or even people that have been on the show that I didn't even know before I interviewed. And now I'm friends with, we text together and it's, it's, it's really built up a lot of good things for me. So 
regardless awesome. of anybody else, whether they listen or not, this is good for me. And that's the kind of for sure. Well, thank you, Sally. And you can like lens burning Bush on Facebook at lens burning Bush. You can follow along at lens burning Bush on Twitter. Um, I post everything on the YouTube channel now where you're seeing us now. Um, as well, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Tune in. You can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush, but make sure you say Lens Burning Bush podcast because a lot of people don't understand the meaning of Lens Burning Bush. A lot of people don't understand it. It is just things that bother me. It is not religious, and it is not um, pornographic. So, well, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, uh, Sally Macy. And I wanted to br- bring this up. So, I had uh, Blue Jelly up here, and they're a local band in Northern Kentucky. They do a great job, and they came on my show uh, back in February. And it wasn't the best audio quality when we did the show because I'm, I'm working on that now that I've got um, the streaming capabilities and other stuff that I'm doing and a board. But I was able to record a little bit of the song they played for me about Lens Burning Bush, and I wanted to play it. Uh, if people haven't heard it, it might be my new theme song. Is that a midnight oil song originally? Yeah, it is a midnight oil song. We don't want to um, we don't want to say that because then we have to give the rights to them. <laughs> but, but Blue Jelly played the song, and how can we how can we sleep when Lens Bush is burning? And uh, that is uh, you know they did a nice job with it. Blue Jelly, uh, they are all over the place. They're in Northern Kentucky. Um, you know, some people saw them New Year's Eve and went out, but uh, you can see them. I'm sure they'll be on the show again, but uh, I'll have them re-record it. But I've got this new fancy uh, board now where I could play stuff, and, and that's kind of where it, it, it you know, it's kind of cool to be able to do that. But thanks to Blue Jelly for, for my new theme song. How can we how can we sleep when, like when Lens Bush is burning? Well, thank you, Sally Thielen. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.